Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. But I really decided to refuse to believe that it was survival mode only until the kids are gone. That's just not, doesn't line up for me. Um, and so I really sought to find a way around that. And I, I feel that God really used that. And he showed me this whole like cycle that we get in where there's too much stuff in the house. So we're constantly maintaining the mundane. And then that takes us away from people and our families and we're stressed out. And so we snap and we're not available for romance with our husbands and fun with our kids and thinking for a freaking second about, you know, what we want to do and what we're passionate about and um, fulfillment and joy and the enjoyment of a good life. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Friends, I don't think I've been so excited to share a podcast guest with you in I don't even know when. I told her when we first hopped on before we got recording that she was on my podcast guest bucket list (laughs) because this woman has seriously changed my life and in ways that you might not expect. We talk a little bit about food and her journey with food, but we mostly talked about minimalism for moms and how decluttering our lives, changing our thoughts, thought patterns, and really minimizing our schedule and finding balance in every area can really transform our lives as moms, as wives, as friends, our spiritual lives. It changes everything when we clear the clutter and we create space for the things that matter. So I am so excited for you to hear my conversation with Ali Casaza. 
Ali Kasaza is the host of The Purpose Show, a top-rated podcast, and the creator of online courses that have earned her international attention for her fresh, practical lifestyle strategies for moms. Known as the Life Minimalist, she encourages and inspires women to pursue abundant life by creating space for what matters most. Allie and her husband, Brian, live with their four young children in Southern California wine country. All right, friends, let's dig into this conversation. You are going to want to grab a notebook and write some of this down. This is a podcast to save. Hey, Allie, welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am so thrilled to have you on and to share a topic that I know so many moms are going to resonate with. And it's a brand new topic for this podcast since I'm usually talking more about balance when it comes to food, but I know that this has made a massive difference in my own life. So I can't wait to share with you. And I'm kind of keeping it a teaser here for a second. (laughs) But before we dig in, I just want to do a really quick icebreaker if you're okay with that. Yeah, let's do it. So what do you drink first thing in the morning when you wake up? Um, I usually have lemon water. That's what I do too. I love lemon water in the morning. Yeah, I'm learning to love it. I'd rather have coffee first, but it doesn't go so well for hormone imbalance. So lemon water first. That's that's what I do too. I kind of bribe myself with the if I drink my lemon water, then I can have yeah. my coffee. You after. just can't prove it. Then I <laughs> then I make bulletproof coffee right after that. Awesome. <laughs> so I already shared your bio with our listeners, and I'm sure that many of my listeners know who you are because the majority of them are moms. But I would love if you could just by start by sharing who you are and what you're passionate about sharing with the world. Yeah. Um. So I have four kids. They were born in five years. So I definitely know something about like mom life chaos and just how it can feel, how it goes. And what I really started to notice when once I had really once I had my second baby, but really the third one when it was like, that's just when like you're completely outnumbered and things just really shift. um, And you really are thrown into like figuring it out. And so when I was in that season of my life, I really heard this message and from everywhere, from, you know, my circle of women in my faith at church, from other women, from women that were in it with me, from women that were ahead of me in life that had kids that were grown. Everyone basically had the same message when I would kind of come and be like, this is really overwhelming. Like, I feel like all I do is like make snacks and clean up like stuff all day. Like, is, is this Am I doing something wrong? Like, because I'm of the belief that, you know, we are all called into living abundant life and showing up for people and relationships and um, and love and all, all of those things. And I really felt like in my motherhood, I couldn't do that. And when I asked around about it, I really got the same resounding message. It was just really basically like, this is motherhood and like you just get through it. And that really goes directly against abundant life. It really goes directly against what I believed my entire life and what I believe the God that I serve created us to how to live and and how to be and to be available for being present. And like, yes, motherhood is a lot of servitude. It's, It's a lot of chaos, a lot of things you can't really control. But I really decided to refuse to believe that it was survival mode only until the kids are gone. That's just not doesn't line up for me. Um, and so I've really sought to find a way around that. And I, I feel that God really used that. And he showed me this whole 
like cycle that we get in where there's too much stuff in the house. So we're constantly maintaining the mundane. And then that takes us away from people and our families and we're stressed out. And so we snap and we're not available for romance with our husbands and fun with our kids and thinking for a freaking second about, you know, what we want to do and what we're passionate about and um, fulfillment and joy and the enjoyment of a good life. It's really just maintaining the mundane all the time. And, and there are actually belief systems where that is actually like, that's what they believe motherhood is. That's what they believe women are here to do. Um, and I just really, really want to speak directly against that. So that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I do in a nutshell for women. I love it. And I've been following you. I already told you this, but um, I think I told you I've been following you since your youngest was really little. I I think he's a little bit younger than my oldest. And he wasn't like a baby baby, but maybe like one or two. And Did we still I, live in Arkansas? Yes. Yeah. So it was, it's been a while. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was in a very similar place where I only had, I have two kiddos now, um, two girls. And I was in a very similar place where I was feeling just really stressed in my mom life. And I was stressed with all of the stuff we had. And we had moved six times in six years. One of them was a country move. Like we moved, we lived in Canada. My husband's Canadian. And then we moved to the US. And we had just accumulated a lot of stuff, which I know you understand understand and my spaces have never been that big like I still live in an apartment we only live in 1100 square feet and and that's the biggest place we've lived in and I was just really overwhelmed and I had all these big dreams for this business I wanted to create and this life that I wanted to live and when I heard your story and I think it was through a blog post at first and then I kind of you know followed you on Instagram and your podcast back when you you had your other podcast and now your podcast now and I've kind of followed along your journey and it really has given me this amazing perspective, new perspective on how to look at my stuff and how it was really preventing me from living this life that I wanted to live and being this mom that I wanted to be. So I'm hoping that you'll share a little bit more of your story and how you got to that place in order to teach me <laughs> everything that you've taught me. Yeah, I I think that like all good missions and messages, mine came out of my own struggle and so really being in that place of like, I was definitely depressed. Um, and as someone who has experience with depression, I know the difference between kind of just like an imbalance of the brain that really needs to be treated and a sort of situational depression. So I was really carrying around this like situational depressiveness. And I just really, I mean, anyone would be depressed if you're getting told like, this is how motherhood is going to be. This is the message is like, this is just how it is. Like you just have to get over it. And like, you know, the whole hot mess mom culture says like, you know, there's camaraderie in that and being a mess and being really stuck. And it's actually a false sense of security. It's like a false security blanket, a faux camaraderie because your only camaraderie is in that you're constantly unhappy like that's a real friend a real support wants to see you get out of that not stay in it and also if we look at like I'm a little sidetracking but if we look at hot mess mom culture we see that hot mess mom culture makes fun of the mom who has it all together right um if you leave that you're out you're banned you're you're mocked 
Um, you know, the mom who goes to the gym and takes care of herself and practices self-care and dates her husband and has an amazing relationship um, or is single and just killing it, like killing it at work and really trying, really showing up and taking care of herself. And she's going to yoga classes and she feels good and she's um, her house is clean. It's, it's, it's just clean. It's not perfect, but it's clean. And, and she enjoys that. And she's happy with her kids and her kids go to sports and she's there and she's supporting them and she's able to practice freedom and balance really well and beautifully she is mocked and shunned by hot mess mom culture so that's how you know it's a false camaraderie and a false sense of security is when when you exit that and you are happy you're slammed um and so I think anyone when you're stuck in that place of like this is just how it is and if you're not a part of this and you're out anyone would get depressed so I think it's no wonder that we see many many mothers struggling with alcoholism food addiction and binge eating um, and uh, depression and just misery. I mean, they, a lot of women have affairs and there's just so much turmoil that comes from motherhood and the message that we get. So in seeing that and trying to get out of it, I I was like, okay, I, I opened myself up and I just was like, God, I want to be used here. I want to learn the way out. And if you show it to me, I will teach it to the women that follow my blog, which I thought was like so famous. And there was like 300 followers. <laughs> like I just thought it was like the biggest deal. And I was like, I will share this message. And God was probably just like, oh, just wait. Um, <laughs> but I and I asked for help and I just opened myself to, up to that. And I always talk a lot about the power of thought. And my thoughts had previously been, this is the way it is. I'm stuck here. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's only going to get harder. And I, in that moment, I changed my thought to, there must be another way because this doesn't line up with the God that I know. I'm choosing to not be available to this crap show life anymore. And I'm going to find a way out of this. So my thought shifted, which always has to be step one. And I really was shown this journey of like, look at all the crap in the house. Look at all the stuff in the closets, all the stuff the kids pull out as I'm cleaning the kitchen. They're pulling stuff out of the bookshelves. They're pulling stuff out of the closet. They're dumping their toys and sifting through piles of useless toys just to find the one or two special things they actually wanted to play with. Like I, I saw it. And I think that when you make yourself available for leading, you make yourself available to learn a new way, you change your thought process, it, it shows up in your reality and you start to notice things. And I noticed those things and I was like, this is a joke. What if we just didn't have so much stuff? And that really was like, I say that's step one, but it was really step two because step one was thoughts. So then step two was like lessening the load in my physical space. And I mean, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. Like Google for two seconds, the effects of our physical area and our environment on us. I mean, there's books, um, you know, the book triggers, um, lots of scientific studies show that your environment really deeply affects you. And if you change your environment, it's a piece of a puzzle, but a big piece of changing how you feel and changing your life. And it did. It changed the way I felt. My depression lifted and I really stopped struggling with it so much. Um, I mean, everything got lighter. My kids played better together. Um, it's funny because I really noticed a difference in my marriage from decluttering my things. And I did not expect that because however the two correlated, it just, I just didn't think that would happen, but we were really struggling and we had actually like, um, separated for a few days at one point in that season of my life. Like it was just really, if we had had money, we would have split up. It was bad. And so 
my marriage really improved and I wasn't even doing anything. Like I was not trying, but I think it's because when you're not a stressed out basket case constantly, like your relationships will improve, you know? So instead of like my husband coming home from a really long day at work, at that point in our lives, he worked full time, overtime, crazy hours. And I was stay at home mom. Um, and he would come home and I'd be like nagging and complaining. Like, can't you help me? Don't you see that I need your help? This is ridiculous. Like you live here too. You know, we all know exactly what I'm talking about. Those cycle conversations. And it really stopped. There was nothing to ask him for. There was nothing. And my husband is the sweetest, most generous, most helpful person on the planet. And we still have that problem. And so this was, it was removed. It was obliterated. And our marriage increased and got better because I was feeling better. Um, I was more energized. I felt happier. I felt like when I woke up in the morning, I didn't feel dread anymore. I felt excited. So really in removing the physical clutter, that was one of the first steps to opening the door to this new life. And then of course that spills over into other areas and calendar and wellness and all these things. But that was really the first thing. So it became this sort of like crux of what I teach other women. And when I started to share that, and share how I was feeling and the results I was seeing and other women started, it caught fire, really just caught fire. And now it's, it's spread all over the world. Uh, it's so cool to, to hear your story. And I'm, you can see me nodding along here because I, I'm such a big believer that our thoughts dictate our actions. And yeah, it's science, right? It like is. It, yeah. I feel like a lot of the time um, when I talk about this, just because people know that I come from like a Christian background and, you know, I believe in God and, you know, all these things and they get weird about it. And it's like, there's nothing weird about saying that your thoughts dictate your actions. Like the reality you have right now is because of the way you think and what you've decided. This is how it works. This is how it's going to work for me. Like, I mean, even in talking about business and money, I always talk about like the money you have, the success of your job, success of your business is all because of like the thoughts you're thinking about those things and like what you've decided is true for you. And it, I mean, it's people get so like, oh, that's weird. That's woo woo. It's biblical. It's fact, it's science. Like whatever you believe, you can find a way to like it all points to this. Like our minds are so powerful. It's gotta be the first thing. Yes, yeah. And I you know what? I think that relates so much to this idea of minimalism as kind of the world looks at it. Like, you know, we oftentimes or what I see a lot of is, you know, you talk about, you know, living a more minimalist mom life. But I think a lot of what we see around minimalism is just start by getting rid of the stuff and then go from there. And you do talk about getting rid of the stuff and how that's a really, really important part. But if you don't have that thought process there that, you know, I need to actually change my actions, I need to change my life through changing my things and my own. I, yeah. I hope this makes sense then it doesn't stick because it's really easy to take a couple of garbage bags out and get rid of the stuff but until you shift that mindset of I am going to live a different life and this is just my first step towards that so could well, you sorry I just want to say to you oh, like yeah. it's, it's it's the same thing with anything if you let's take like wellness for example and like losing weight if you're unhealthy or whatever if you change your environment only, 
you're going to go back to the same pattern. This is why people fall off the wagon within a couple weeks all the time because you hired a personal trainer and you threw out your junk food and you brought in like green juice and celery and all of these things into the house, but you didn't change your identity. You didn't change inside. You didn't change in here. You still identify. You still think like you are this person. You are the chubby girl. You are the fat dad or whatever, you know, your identity has been. And so with just changing the environment, it's empty. You're going to go back because you're always going to go back to your thoughts, right? That's always going to continue to show up. And same in motherhood. If you identify as like, well, I'm just a mom and kids are messy and like this is the way that everyone's house is. This is the way it is. This is the just how it goes. Then you're you can try to declutter and you can try to change those things, but it's always going to come back to what are you thinking? What are your thoughts like? What do they sound like? What's the message there? And you're going to continue to see that showing up in your reality until you get to that core. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So how then do you, how would you define minimalism then? And kind of your concept of minimalism and how this applies to our lives as moms? Yeah, absolutely. I think actually, like I always say, Lately, I've been saying, always say, lately, I've been saying in in interviews, like, you know, I really, if you want to look at, like, the culture of minimalism and, like, other leaders and these people that are talking about this, I'm really, like, I don't identify with that. I really don't identify as a minimalist, and I don't really want to because it seems like it kind of sucks. Like, you know what I mean? It's like this legalistic, joyless, like, uh, the least amount of everything possible, and, like, I enjoy getting myself clothes and having options in my closet and putting myself together and feeling really cute that day and dressing by mood. And like, I just enjoy those things. Other areas I'm happy to be minimalistic in like the kitchen. I'm not really a kitchen person. I don't, I don't really like to cook, so I'm fine there, but like, I want this to reflect my personality and suit my needs and my lifestyle. You know, if you live in a climate where you need a ton of snow gear, like typical minimalism would say like, What's the least amount possible? Well, now you have the burden of like making sure those coats are always clean because now you have like, you have so little, like it's stressful. Like have a ton of coats if you live in the friggin' snow, like it's okay. I'm, I'm constantly being filmed. I'm constantly on camera. That's my job. I speak, I travel, I I need clothes and I like it. So leave me alone, you know? (laughs) So like that suits my life. So I, for me... It's taking that idea of like less simplicity, ease. You don't need all these options. There are things you just don't need that you're using as an excuse. You're you're hoarding all this stuff. You're overwhelmed. You don't want to make decisions about letting it go. So it just sits and stacks up. It's constantly coming in and there's no output. And whether we're talking about mentality or physical space or whatever, if there's constant incoming and no outgoing, you are going to have a problem. So for me, minimalism is about, I need to have some outgoing because I have incoming because I have kids and there's constant incoming. There is somebody who's a really prominent minimalist leader. And they always say, if you have to re-purge, you're doing it wrong. Okay. First of all, you have zero kids you're a bachelor and you're the worst. Like you, like you have, you have kids, there's papers and gifts and toys and they go through clothes like crazy because they grow. Like it's just not realistic. So for moms, we have to focus on like, okay, how can we simplify all the mail and the paperwork and just get it at bay, get it 
minimalistic. How can you have a minimalistic kitchen that suits your cooking style and your baking style and who you are in that room of your house? And same with your living room and your bedroom and your office, like, and your wardrobe, like, and your kids stuff, like, let's make it suit you so that you want to live this way. You're not wasting time on stuff that doesn't suit you, that you don't need, but you have what you need and you love that makes you happy to spend time in your space every day. Yeah, totally. And you know, it's funny. I, my like past life, I was a chef. I love food and I like to cook, but over the years, over all of the moves that we've had, I have pared my kitchen down to next to nothing. And once in a while, I am like, oh man, I could really use two pots because I literally only have one. It's like one <laughs> Le Creuset pot and that's what we use to like cook soup or, and we have like an instant pot and a slow cooker and, and we have those things yeah. too. But if I want to do like chicken noodle soup, <laughs> I literally need to cook the pasta and then I have to cook the soup separately because I have one pot and I just refuse to buy another one because I really don't need it because how often we make chicken soup maybe once a month it's not that big a deal but for me it's so much less stressful to not have cupboards filled with stuff but at the same time when I tried to minimize my closet to next to nothing that actually stressed me out and even though you know a lot of what I do, I'm working from home. I need a lot of shirts because I'm usually like shirt down. I'm like yoga pants yeah, on the same. bottom and like nice shirt on the top. <laughs> but yeah. that's, I was very similar in that. So I love that your mindset is like, it doesn't need to look one certain way. It just needs to be yeah. the right way for you and minimize in the right areas for you. Yeah. And I think it's also about like, what are you willing to do? Because the fact is what takes up your space will by nature also take up time from you. So for me, like, I'm not stupid. I fully realize that my wardrobe being, like, you know, larger than – it's not larger than the typical woman, but it's larger than the typical minimalist, right? Having more options, more blouses, more of the kinds of things that really make me feel like – I only purchase and keep things that really – I mean, they just accentuate me in all the right places. They make me feel like this is my color. This is my fit. I feel, I feel fitter than I really am. Like, I feel so good. This is inspiring me. I'm excited to walk out on a stage. I feel confident. I feel beautiful. Pieces like that. I may have more of those than the typical minimalist. Um, And I realize that the more clothes is more time. It's more sifting to find the right outfit. It's more decisions to be made, right? Because you're like, okay, not this, this. That's more decisions, more steps. Um, It's more laundry. That's okay with me because that is my personality. And that is like, yes, that is worth it. And it's not overboard. I don't have too many jeans. I don't have like 50 pairs of jeans and like a thousand shirts. And I'm like, oh, but this is my version of minimalism. Like you can't kid yourself, right? you got to be realistic and know this is serving me. I wear these things. These have not been sitting here unused for a really long time. Um, I This is me. And I'm, I'm okay with this taking a little bit more decision-making in time. But I don't have my entire house like that. I don't have every room in my space like that. It's, I'm intentional with the why, the how many, and the purpose of each thing in each room. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So what would your advice then be for the mom who is trying to decide where she should start when it comes to maybe reducing her stuff in one area or how to decide where it makes sense for her to maybe allow in a few more things and maybe be able maybe make a few more decisions when it comes to or do a, lo- a couple more lo- loads of laundry when it comes to her clothes versus her kitchen or versus 
the kids' toys? How does she start, like, kind of making that decision? Yeah, I think it all has to go down to, like, the purpose. Like, what's the intent? So when I'm coaching people or in my courses or wherever it is through the decision-making process and decluttering, we got to first set the intent for the thing or the space. So um, I use this example a lot, and it, it seems unrelated that it ties back into what you asked. When we moved into the house we currently have, it was one of the first times that we had two living areas. Just the houses that we'd had before were always like smaller and they had like one living area, not a living room and a family room separate. Um, And so I was really excited because there was like a front room and then like the family room next to the kitchen. And so I went into the family room and I was like, okay, I've always wanted this. Like, what do I want to do for this space? And I had decided like, to set the intent for that space. So what I saw in my head was hosting a Super Bowl party. My family's really big into football. My dad like loves the Vikings and we always go to their house for football. But, um, you know, it's easier to be in my house because the kids have the trampoline and the kids have their toys and it's just easier. So I was like, okay, I can see like football parties and movie nights. Um, and I really want to invest in a great sound system. So what does that mean? That means there's going to be a TV in the room, right? But as a design person, I really don't like the look of a giant black rectangle box taking up the main wall in one of the main rooms. So I had a decision to make. And because I set the intent for what I wanted that room to do for our family and how I wanted it to work, I decided to take the design hit and put the TV in that room. And I love it. Like it serves its purpose. We've had so many fun parties and gatherings and opened our home in so many different ways, had movie nights every single week with our family and our kids. It's been so good. But I wouldn't I would have struggled with that decision if I hadn't set the intent. So you got to know yourself and know the intent. So for me, going back to the wardrobe, it's part of my personality. Like I wanted to go into fashion when I was young. It's part of my personality to enjoy getting dressed and enjoy um purchasing quality pieces that really light me up and make me feel beautiful. Um, I, I will freak out if I don't feel good. Like I, you know, going to church and getting dressed for that. Like I, I've got to feel really good and really confident. I'm doing all these filming things all the time and it's nerve wracking, but my outfit, I can pick the right outfit and feel powerful and aligned with who I'm made to be. And I can give my message and feel really good. That's in me. That's a part of my personality that not everyone shares. So it makes sense that that my wardrobe is like that. But another woman might not feel like that. And she might feel like she's like cooking everything from scratch every day. Her kitchen would be way fuller than mine is. So it's about knowing yourself and knowing who you are in your in your house. And then with your kids, what kind of childhood do you want them to have? It's the same thing. You're setting the intent. I want my kids to be outside a lot. I want them to, I'm fine with video games. I think technology is obviously the future. I want my kids to know how to use an iPad. Like I don't want them to not be, you know, normal or whatever. But I do want them to know what it's like to be outside a lot. I want them to know the feel of dirt. I want them to know how to imagine and create and play games with each other and make up scenarios and and play dress up. And like I really wanted them to have an authentic play filled childhood, not one that's overloaded with technology and, you know, toys that do all the imagining for them. So the toys that we kept aligned with that decision, the tech limits we set align with that decision. Um, And so we have way less toys than most families because it aligns with the intent we set. Does that make sense? 
Oh, it totally does. And as you're saying all this, I'm thinking so much about when I work with clients and I talk to them about making decisions around food, what it goes back to over and over is making choices based on the things that you value, how you want to feel and how you want to show up in your life, which is sometimes making the choice to eat the kale salad and sometimes making the choice to eat the cookie. And it's just, what are you valuing in this moment for in this purpose? And so I'm just thinking of that as you're talking about the different yeah. rooms in your house. It it all kind of applies, right? It's really it's really that going back to those thoughts and those intentions and that purpose behind it. So it's I like what's that. worth it to you. Like the wardrobe is worth it to me. Having extra objects in the kitchen is not worth it to me. Going out to dinner with my girlfriends and they're all like, you know, ordering dessert and I just like really don't feel it's like not worth it. Of course it would taste good, but it's just one of those times where you're not like, yes, like I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass and wait for the time that I'm like, oh my God, all the PMS, all the chocolate, just (laughs) give it to me. Like, um, you know, it's the same idea that you're saying, like, it's about choosing what's worth it to you and what's not. Yeah, definitely. So I kind of want to circle back. We've talked about this a lot, but for the mom who just sort of feels stressed just with everything in her life, and maybe she's been kind of trying here and there to get rid of some of her stuff, how can this kind of minimalist view, and I'm using the word minimalist, but I know that, I don't know the, the best word no, to I, use. I use it. Yeah, I use it because it, it is what it is. We can make it what we want it to be, but there's really no other word unless you want to say simplicity a million times simplifying, minimizing, (laughs) reducing the stuff. How can reducing the stuff and really relate to, I know you talked about, you know, your depression lifting and that being a really big part of your life. How can it kind of reduce her stress and overwhelm maybe outside the home, maybe with her, I know you talked about your relationship a little bit, maybe with her relationships or friendships. How does this apply outside of like just the rooms in her home? Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. It all goes back to purpose and it all goes back to intent. So if there's a person in your life and you're really trying to make the friendship work and you just kind of feel negative around them and they're not really like seeking out friendship with you. And then when you're around them, you just kind of feel like, ugh, and it's just not really right. It's not really what you want. Um, it's okay to back out. It's okay to just kind of pull back a little bit and let it dissolve on its own and really seek out a positive like-minded friend who will pull you up and forward and clap for you and cheer for you and share with you so you can do the same for her. Like it's, it's minimalism and intentionality applies to every area of life. Um, you know, my husband and I talk about this a lot with our week on Sunday nights, we sit down together and we go over a week and we really just touch base and we touch base about our marriage and our kids. Um, and then our schedule, like more practical things as well as like emotional, spiritual things. And when we're looking at our schedule, I'm not afraid to cancel things. I'm, I made this appointment months ago and if it's coming up this Wednesday and I am just feeling really worn down, I'm feeling like my family needs me more than this person needs me on their show or whatever it is. I'm not afraid to back out. I'm not afraid to disappoint people. And that can sound really selfish, but the only reason I would keep that appointment is to people please. And people pleasing is actually the most selfish thing you can do because you're only doing that so that you don't have to feel the feelings of disappointing someone in yourself because you can't, you don't, you don't do well with that. Right? So um, you, I, it's about intent and purpose. Like I'm not afraid to back out of things because I'm booked out months in advance. And that's 
that's the result of the success in my business. I'm not going to be sorry for that. But know that like when that week comes, I may need to back out because in three months since we booked this, you know, um, uh, my son had a dental appointment. He's in pain today and I want to go sit and watch a movie with him or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so it's really just putting everything under the lens of purpose and intent. And I think it also comes back to having vision. Setting the intent in a room when you declutter is the same thing as looking ahead at your week and like asking, what do we need here? Like how, what's happening on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, like where am I supposed to be and how does that feel and is this where we need to be this week? Do we need to pull back on anything? Do we need to push something forward a little bit and change the day? Is this, can we show up here? Like who's cooking dinner what night? Um, all of this is just touching base and having vision. And, you know, Proverbs says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And I really feel like that applies in this really logistical family calendar life. Like if you don't look ahead and know where you're going and feel into like what you you and your family need, you're going to just scramble and struggle and continue on this obligatory cycle of showing up somewhere because you said you would, feeling bad for canceling, running yourself ragged, running yourself into the ground, not being able to show up for yourself and the people that really rely on you. And that is such an awful way to live. So I think it really, and same with wellness and mental health, like everything really comes back to vision and purpose and intent. And just like, and what I'm saying is basically like to have time, right? To have time and space to think and look ahead and make decisions. How do you get that when you're a busy mom with a business and four kids or whatever your situation is, you have to create white space in your calendar. So do you see how like it's, it's not one thing. It's like four different things all work together to create this purposeful lifestyle. Yeah, this is something that uh, you have taught me so much this past year. So I took Unburden. So I took, oh gosh, it's changed its name a couple times. Your Uncluttered Home a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, it used to be Purge Your Entire Home. And then yeah. I was like, I don't love the word purge. <laughs> yeah, I actually did a, like a pantry <laughs> purge at the end of the yeah. year, this last year. And I, every time I said it, I was like, oh, I should have called it, it something just, different. Like, that's a fine <laughs> word, but I just don't want it in the title anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I purchased it way back when it was Purge Your Entire Home. So I did on Your Uncluttered Home, and that was kind of my first like entry into your programs. And then Unburdened this past this past fall or maybe last spring. It was last year yeah, at some point. Great. And it was... I think, you know, and decluttering my home has been a process over the last few years. And, you know, I've talked about, you know, how powerful that's been. But it really did make me start, like, make me take a step back and look at my life and realize that and just look at my schedule and that I was putting this on myself, that I was putting a lot of these stresses. I was feeling stressed. I was feeling overwhelmed. I was trying to be every everything for everyone and I was trying to show up at all the things. And then I wasn't giving back to my family. And then I started getting sick more often. And I was like, why is all this happening? I'm just trying to do good for everyone. And I realized that, you know, if I if I just took a step back from some of these things and actually said no to some of the things that weren't serving me, then I could show up as the best version of myself for the things that were the most important. And so I think that's been yes. so powerful. So what you just said, I'm like, you know, nodding my head and amening over here because I think yeah. I think so many women need to hear that it is okay to say no. It is okay to take Change a step back. Mind. 
Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's hard. It's, it's, I won't say it's hard because that's a decision. You can say something is hard and then you make it hard and now you're thinking it's hard and so it's hard. But it is complicated sometimes when this is normal. Like being too busy is normal. Literally every week I notice a conversation, whether I'm like eavesdropping at a coffee shop or someone's talking to me, it's like this, uh, this busy badge of honor, like, oh my God, the kids have karate tonight and I have to take her to horse lessons and we have baseball the next night. Like, ah, when are we gonna have to drive through? Like, I can't even, oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time I showered. Like, I'm just like so busy. And and we all do it. And that's another example of hot mess mom culture, by the way. But it's like this, this warrior badge, like how busy are you? And and saying like, like I just had this happen. A friend, a really great friend asked me to come on and do an interview for his show. And um, it was, he asked it on a day and I had nothing on my calendar, but I had nothing on my calendar on purpose. So I said, um, you know, I can't, well, that's a lie. I started to text, sure I could do that day. And then I deleted the text and I was like, I'm sorry that it doesn't work for me, but I can do the 12th. Like I, and then that didn't work for him and ended up like, I could, I can't do it. And, and I could, I could choose to feel guilty about that, but I intentionally left that day in my calendar. And guess what happens on those nothing days? My brain turns on. I'm creative. I get business ideas. I pray a lot. I go for a walk with my kids. I take them to the park. We go out for ice cream. I don't cook. I don't do anything. We just, we eat out. We enjoy our time and I just have space. And if I don't have space, People that work for me won't have jobs. My business won't keep going. Like I will lose it. I will get into a mental rut. I will get depressed because I know myself and I know my tendencies. I need that space. And so I think it's very abnormal to protect our time and protect our space, especially for women and even more especially for mothers. Yeah, it's so true. And I know I have this conversation with friends all the time. And, you know, for a long time, I was the one who was going, just take time off, take a day off. And I wasn't practicing what I preached. I really wasn't. Same. I thought I was. I, I would like, too. you know, half a day off. And this past, like, the past few months, my husband and I have trying to be really, we've been trying to be really intentional about having like a full Sabbath where we literally don't do anything. If I do anything, it's making like a pizza crust so we can have home, we can have pizza and movie night. Yeah. And because you feel like it. Yes. Like that's the thing. Like sometimes you feel, I feel like I'll be on a nothing day and I'm like, you know what? I just got the best idea for an email for my audience and I really feel inspired to write it. It doesn't mean like I can't touch the laptop or I can't go in the kitchen and cook. Like sometimes I feel like cooking a huge stew from scratch sometimes I feel like writing that email sometimes I feel like working out but the thing is is that nothing was on my calendar or my to-do list and I protected that time and it is a really good feeling it's magical what happens to you when you get to feel into what you want to do that day and you know what sometimes it's a cold hard nothing day I'm on the couch I'm letting the kids play video games I'm watching the office on Netflix like I am out of the office it's about making space for what you need that day. And everyone's always asking me because, you know, we're in a productivity culture. How do you do so much? How do you create so much content? How do you do this with your kids and the business? And it's that I have deliberate times where I do literally nothing. The nothing leverages the something. 
Yeah. And it all comes back to that you created that space both in your calendar, yeah. but then you Vision. also have that space in your home. So you're not yeah. spending that day off just cleaning up because I know that that is something that I struggled with for a really long time. I'm like, oh, it's my day off, except I'm going to spend the entire day like cleaning up all the toys. And we've minimized a ton of the toys this past year as just one of those things. And my kids are still young. We're trying to teach them how to actually put things away. My yeah, six-year-old is good. It'll my two-year-old is a little bit harder. But sure. yeah, I think that it really does, you know, circle back to you create the space in your home, you create the space in your calendar, and then you can really live this really beautiful life. Yep, absolutely. So I know just through kind of following you on your podcast that you've had some health struggles and some revelations of your own. So I'm wondering if you'd share a little bit how this practice of living a more minimal, simplified life has helped you navigate your health and find kind of your own balance and all that. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I really learned how to bring simplicity into every area of my life and even areas that feel kind of like it doesn't belong. Like it's kind of silly to think about that. And it always belongs. Like I'll always find a way that like, oh, this worked for me. And um, in terms of health, like I've always struggled with my hormones. I have PCOS. Um, and it's, it's just hormone stuff like skin and uh, skin cystic acne and just like confidence killing issues that just really suck. And one of the main things is like, um, cravings and just like wanting to eat greasy junky food and kind of feeling like crap all the time. So you just like, ah, screw it. I'll just go get that cheeseburger. Like just kind of like a chronic adult life of all of those things and those thoughts and those patterns. And then also, um, feeling like, with hormone imbalance, it's difficult for me to lose weight. And so kind of feeling like, what's the point? And then you go into like, okay, you, you, you get fed up, right? You, we have this pendulum that we go back and forth on like, ah, oh, screw it, whatever. And then you swing way back to like, I'm done. I want to feel better. Summer's coming. And you go up, you know, down the diet path, right? It's ridiculous. And you go over there and it's like, here's the magic way to balance your hormones and lose weight. Here's the, all of these like keto, paleo, all of these things. And it's like, I really was like, what if I brought simplicity into this? Like, what if I brought minimalism into this process? We all know what to do. If you will really like love your body as it is right this moment with all of its lumps and scars and bruises and saggy parts or whatever's going on for you, even the hormone imbalance, like I really learned to love and accept myself and bring minimalism into my wellness journey. I know to drink more water. I know that there's benefits to lemon water in the morning. I know to cut my caffeine a little bit. I know that I'm not going to cut it completely because I'd rather jump off a bridge. So there's that. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I know the things that they say that are like not life-giving for me. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Um, I want the occasional cheeseburger. I want to have a cookie now and then. Like I want maybe a lot more of a now and then. Like I want to make my choices, but I'm going to bring minimalism into this whole the noise of, of health culture. And it really helped me. I did lose some weight. More than that, I feel better. Like I still, I'm still learning. I'm open to learning and I'm not open to overwhelming myself, to doing a crash diet, to like cleansing and running myself into the ground. I'm not open to that. I'm open to learning. I'm I really have gathered a lot of helpful information and learning all these new things like seed cycling for hormone balance and just all these cool things. But I'm in the mindset of like, I'm open to learning and I'm, and I'm, I'm doing this a simple way. So like, what is going to be the simplest version of this new thing that I learned? And I kind of carry minimal 
minimalism into like research and learning, but keeping it simple. I'm not going to go crazy doing this weird thing or making a weird smoothie every morning if it tastes awful. I'm not going to stick with it. So why would I even bother? So, I mean, I think that that's been really big for me. It's just like, okay, I'm hearing what this person is saying about hormones and health and wellness, but this is really stressful and overcomplicated. Like what would it look like in its most minimalistic version? And usually it's like, okay, what they're saying is drink more water. I can do that drink more water and like leave the rest. And then if I feel like I remembered something they said and I can do it with ease, I'll do it. But I'm not willing to lose, you know, 20 pounds or whatever by like killing myself, running myself into the ground and being cranky with my family and being miserable and not knowing what a cheeseburger tastes like. Sorry. So for me, it's like that, that balance and simplicity in that way. You are speaking to my listeners so much with that because that's exactly that's exactly okay. where where I'm at with all of that as well. I love that, and I'm all about simplifying nutrition because I I I'm a nutritionist and I believe in yeah. living a healthy life, but I believe in balance and in cheeseburgers and cookies, but doing what feels best for you and your body. And I know I have PCOS as well, and that's something that I've had to navigate in how to incorporate those hormone balancing, you know, foods and practices without going down that obsession route because it's really easy to go into that spiral. But then, like you said, it's a pendulum. You just swing back the other way. So even if you do, you know, do something crazy and lose 20 pounds, chances are if you did it with an extreme mindset, then you're just going to be right back where you started. And then and that affects every area of your life, too. I think when you don't feel good, it's hard to put forth the effort to make these changes when it even comes to decluttering your house and moving forward and creating space in your life. And I think it all really does kind of relate to living this this fully balanced life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, it goes back to your mentality. Like if I identify as a person that's just like, well, I have this hormone disorder and I'm just always going to be the chubby one. I'm always going to struggle. Then like, that's what I'm going to get. But I've decided that like, you know what, just like business and making money and having success and being a mom, I've chosen it. That gets to be easy for me. Like I refuse for it to be difficult. I refuse to chase success like it just comes to me because it's my birthright because I'm a child of the king and I get to have that and so same with eating like I got cheese fries the other night from In-N-Out because it sounded really good and then the next night I wanted them again and I didn't I was like no I'm good I'm just gonna go make myself a smoothie like it's just about balance and and what is worth it to you and like this gets to be easy I get to figure out my health journey without running myself into the ground and I get to feel good in my body and maybe I'll lose weight and maybe I won't but I get to be healthy and I get to make that choice for myself so it's changing yourself at a thought level not just an environment level like we talked about. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That It's all about choice. It really is with everything. We get to choose how we feel. We get to choose how we show up. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So totally. the, if the mom is listening, and I'm just saying moms because we have some listeners who aren't moms, but the vast majority of them are moms. And yeah. she's like, okay, this is it because this was amazing. <laughs> this is what I need. Where do you recommend she starts? Like what is her first step? other than going and buying your course, which they should do. But what is there when it's available, I guess. But where do they start? Um, You know, I would say the first step is working through your thoughts. So with this, 
you need to identify what are the limiting thoughts that are keeping you from growing right now in your life. Do you, what do you believe about motherhood? What's showing up in your life? It's a pattern and a problem that you don't like. What are the thoughts you have about that? And then like, just get them out and look at them and distance yourself from them and realize I can go a different way. And then go to the website, alexalza.com and get yourself the clear the clutter starter kit. It is, it's been downloaded like over 200,000 times. It's really popular. It's like a really great starting point for getting that next step of like, let's just clear some of the surface clutter. You don't have to go through your whole house right now. Let's just clear some of the surface clutter and go from there. Like, don't overthink it. Don't let perfectionism come in and steal your joy. Just write down your limiting thoughts. Go and take one action step to get away from that old life and then go from there. The next step will make itself known to you for sure. Yeah, so good. So if you can leave the moms with one piece of advice, other than, you know, just starting with that one step, what is one piece of sage wisdom on creating a more simplified, minimalist mom life that you would like to share? One takeaway. Um, I would encourage you guys to create better boundaries. If Like we talked about the calendar. We talked about people. Like what where are you lacking really healthy boundaries and how can you implement those so that you're not taking everything so personally, you're not feeling so obligated to show up for everyone else when you haven't shown up for yourself in months. Um, look at that because that will echo in every area, just like vision will. So good. So I have three final questions I like to ask my guests, kind of rapid fire. Um, sure. And because I love to share food in a way that's joyful, just like we were, we were talking about, and I'm a foodie at heart, um, I would love for you to answer a couple of these foodie questions. And you already said that you didn't like to cook, so I'm curious about this first one. <laughs> what sure. is your favorite thing to cook if it's your job to cook that night? Um, I love making my kids like homemade waffles from my sourdough starter. They're really good. Oh, sourdough is on my list to make this year. I have not embarked. I've done homemade bread, but I really want to do sourdough. That sounds really amazing good. with waffles. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And sometimes I'll put banana in them. So it's like sourdough starter banana waffles. I love making them. We have like the waffle maker. It's just really – it's like – it's so dense and delicious, but it's really like – it's actually good for your gut to have that sourdough starter. So it's like – it's just this indulgence that you don't have to like – feel any guilt for and the kids love it and I don't do a lot of homemakery things but that I do really hard and I do it well <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to do all the things you just need to do one thing really well right your kids are going to yeah. remember you for those amazing waffles and whatever else you know <laughs> Totally, <laughs> that's awesome so then what is your favorite thing to order if you're going out to eat or have someone cook for you um, I really like salads that are like, like I, salads are stupid, but if there's a salad that has like strawberries and goat cheese and like pecans, like balsamic, like that kind of salad, you know, those kinds of salad, like summer salads. Oh my gosh. I cannot stop. I will eat those every meal for the rest of my life if I could. It's so funny you say that because I have had like the last three guests have said a really good restaurant salad. And yeah, it's restaurant like, salad because yeah. salads are a lot to make by yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of chopping and there's ingredients everywhere. And, and also like salads usually are just so not satisfying. But if you put some chicken breast in there and like the goat cheese and the nuts and the fruit, it's just so good. I love it. 
Yeah, it's that combination of all the ingredients that you don't want to put together at home. Yeah, so so I'll just go to a, a really good organic restaurant and then eat up. So good. So we talk a lot about finding what I like to call your beautiful balance, which is going beyond, like we talked about, obsessing over food and finding nourishment and pleasure in food, but also in life, which is why I wanted to to bring you on today. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you? Um, for me, it means feeling into my day, like we talked about earlier. Like for me, balance is knowing that like I can make my plans and I can make my schedule, but I need to feel into my day. So like I used to like have a really rigid morning routine or like wake up really early and do the same things every day. And now I really like, I look at my calendar of a night before and I feel into like, do I need, would it serve me to get up really early and have this big block of time where I'm just like feeding my soul before my day or would sleep serve me better? And then like just listening to like, you know, a a positive podcast or like a guided meditation while I shower or like, what is, what's it going to look like? And there's, I've really learned the power in feeling into my day, feeling into myself and like feeling into my spirituality with the Lord and like my marriage, like just feeling like women are such feelers and that is often looked at as a weakness, but it's so empowering if you really use it to your advantage. So for me, that balance equals like feeling into each day as a new day and like not holding myself accountable to what I thought I was going to do that day. And it's okay to, to shift it as needed. Oh man, so good. I, yeah, I resonate with that a ton because I am, I know you know about the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram one. So I like things to be a certain way. I like things to be perfect. I like order and I like things to be right. And I'm using like quotations. And your downfall. Yeah. So I have a hard time. I'm really good at intuitive eating. I'm not so good at intuitive living. And that's something that I've had to really learn a lot. And you've been a huge help in that. So I really appreciate your teaching and and everything that you bring to the world. So yeah, could you thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so I'm so happy to have had you on. I'm just wondering if you can kind of share with my listeners where they can find you. Um, and what's on the horizon in the world of Ali Casaza? Oh my gosh, so many things. There's so much coming. It's a really weird time right now for me where I'm like, I feel like I'm holding my breath in every regard. Like we are looking into like moving and we're looking at just like up leveling our life our lives in a way that I never thought possible and like looking at living by the beach and all these things are just kind of like what's going to happen and it's all good but it's it's new and it's nerve-wracking so there's personal things there's a book deal in the works right now that I'm just waiting to hear back on lots of things um so I'm excited but definitely learning the art of patience and of being distant and not holding on to any outcomes like just again, feeling into like, where is God leading us? What's next for us? And like knowing that next right thing will make itself clear when it's time. It's so hard and so annoying. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to connect with me and like see what's going on in day-to-day life, I'm really open on Instagram. I really share a lot there about what I'm learning. Like I, I will often in the morning, like just share something on my heart that I know someone in the audience needs to hear from me that day. And, um, just kind of use it as an encouraging place to get the next right step for you. Um, so that's, you can just search Alex on there. Um, and it'll come up. And then my website is just allycasaza.com. And you can go on there and kind of choose your own adventure in like whatever way I can help you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Allie. This was incredible. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.